How you doing? It's good to be back at youth, eh? I, I've missed you guys. I really have. And I'm really stoked to be back with you. Now, um, I got some uh, two pieces of news. One of them's, uh, anyway, uh, my wife's pregnant, which means I'm going to be a dad. That's it. There you go. All right. Um, yeah, boy. Uh, the other thing, though, is that I've just been on holidays, right? I've just been on holidays, and that was awesome. Now, the reason that my holidays were so good, this is, this is smaller news than the baby thing, but this is my talk, so we're going to go with this, all right? Um, the reason my holidays were so good is because I reckon I went away had, with everything, and I mean everything, that you could possibly need for a holiday, and so it was really, really good. Like, if you guys were going on holidays, what kind of stuff would you take? Like, I know you take clothes, but besides that, what would you take? Tennis racket, pillow, toothpaste. You guys are exciting kids. Yeah, what else? What's that? Books. Books. What else? A hand towel. One, okay. One direction. You could try and take a boy band. This isn't working, so just stop what you're doing. I'm sorry. Stop. Someone put their hand up. Put their hand up. What would you take? Yeah. You, yeah, go for it. Whatever. Sick. What else? Another hand. Go. An internet connection. Yeah, that's a good thing to take as well, yeah? Yeah, whatever, yeah. An eagle. Where are you going to get that from? Cheese. Cheese. Okay. You guys have got some great ideas, right? That's enough, though. Here's what I took on my holiday, all right? I got the microphone, so you have to listen to me. Here's what I took on my holiday. I was pumped for this holiday, and I was planning it from ages out. I took, like, my surfboard, because I knew I was going to a place with good surf. Um, I took, like, snorkeling gear, fishing gear. I wanted to play some Xbox, because I'm always really busy, but on holidays, I can play Xbox. So I took my Xbox with me, and then I borrowed some games off Zach, because I wanted to have some good games that I hadn't played, so I took some games. And I was like, I don't want to have a dodgy holiday house TV to ruin my Xbox on, so I'm like, it's not going to look as good. So I took like an, a, a sweet computer monitor to play Xbox on as well, and I was like, I do want to do all this fun stuff, and I don't want my wife to be bored and be like, come and do something else. And so like, I took stuff for her to do, like I took a sewing machine and whatever else she's going <laughs> to keep her happy as well. I took books, I took my Bible, I just took all this stuff. It was ridiculous. Like I stopped watching a TV series that I was watching and loving so that I could take it away with me on holidays and finish this TV series on holidays. I was committed to having everything I could possibly need on this holiday, to the point that a lady came to clean the house halfway through the holiday. I didn't know she was coming. She just turned up with like cleaning gear. And she's like, oh, there's so much stuff here. Have you like moved in? And she was like blown away by how much junk we'd taken on holidays. And so we had a really good time because we could have everything. We had everything you could possibly need for a holiday. Now, it only lasted two weeks. But imagine if you could have everything that you need without any question for your entire life. Imagine if that were true. That's the promise that God makes Christians in this book into, into Peter. That's what he says. Peter is writing this letter to a whole bunch of churches and challenges are coming. Guys are coming from around the place. They're teaching lies about Jesus, 
Life is hard. They're doing it tough. They're wondering when Jesus is going to come back and and take them out of this world because it sucks. And in that context, God makes this promise. In Jesus, you have everything that you need. Now, if that's true, and God says it, I think it is true, but if that's true, that is huge. I don't think we realize how big a deal that is. Well, tonight, as we open this passage and dig into it, I want us to be blown away by how crazy good these promises that God makes here are. In the past, in the present, in the future, right now, we have everything that we need in Jesus. Now, before we do dig into this passage, you do need to understand that the promise is that we have everything that we need in Jesus. So it's not the promise that you just have everything that you think you want. It's not what you want. It's what God, the one who knows you best, knows you need. So it's not like you're like, well, I think I need an iPhone 7 and they haven't even made that yet, but I think I need that and also a Ferrari for it. You know, like it's not like you just get what you want, but the promise is you have everything that you need in Jesus. First of all, he, he says that in Jesus, we have everything that we need for salvation. Check out verses 1 and 2 in your Bibles. Look at it. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's who's writing it. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who've received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He says something funny there. Did you catch it? He says that they've received a faith as precious as ours. They've received a faith as precious as Peter's. Now, who's Peter? He's, he's a servant of Jesus, it says in verse 1, but he's also an apostle of Jesus. Basically, when, uh, after Jesus died and then rose again, um, Peter was one of his close mates and, and, and Jesus said to Peter and some other guys that you guys are going to be like my messengers in the world. You're my apostles. You represent me in the world and what you, when you speak, you're speaking for me. So these, these guys are like Jesus' voice to the world. That's who Peter is. He's, he's like possibly the most famous guy to ever live and have faith in Jesus. Like he's a big deal, right? And Peter's saying, me, the P- apostle Peter... You have a faith as precious, a faith in God as precious as my faith. Now, why is he saying that? How does that work? Here's how that works. It's not, the reason that works is because if you have a faith in Jesus, if these guys in this letter have a faith in Jesus, it's not something that they've kind of made happen for themselves. It says that they've received a faith. So it's been given to them. It says because of Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' good character, he's given it to them, they've received it. And so you don't earn your faith. If you have faith in Jesus, it's because God has been really good to you. And the second thing is, if you've got faith in Jesus, that's it. You have eternal life with God. You are right with God. Everything is sweet if your faith is in Jesus. And so there's no such thing as like a Christian who's got like a a really weak, not very good faith and it doesn't really do much and then there's like a really strong faith Christian and they're heaps good. No, no. If you've got faith in Jesus, that's it. You have eternal life with God. I had a mate at school and we were talking on the bus on the way home one time. 
She wasn't a Christian and I was. And I was talking to her and I was telling her about Jesus. And she said, that stuff sounds really good. I really wish I could be a Christian. I, I kind of wish I was a Christian, but I don't have your faith. I wish I did, but I don't have your faith. And I didn't really know how to respond to that at the time. But here's what was so crazy about what well, she's, she's saying basically, wish I could be a Christian, wish I could have my trust in Jesus. But I don't, I don't have the ability to do that, is what she was saying. That's crazy. Because it's not about how good you are at having faith. It's about what your faith is in. And if your faith is in Jesus, that's all you need. You are right with God. You have eternal life. That's it. You're sweet. This isn't the best illustration, but I'll give it to you anyway. Um, it's, I reckon some people think about becoming a Christian like going on like a health kick and being like heaps healthy and good and disciplined and stuff so you know you know people who like go on diets and exercise and do all this kind of stuff and you're like man look at what that person's doing to themselves they were like heaps fat and they've made themselves heaps fit and healthy and blah 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 and people think that becoming a christian is like that like you grab your life and you're like right i'm going to sort my life out and be heaps good and do all the right stuff and blah 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 and make myself into a good person so i'm a christian now that's not what it's like it's more like getting a free voucher for liposuction that's pretty crude but it's kind of like that like it's just here be a thin person you're like sick thanks and then you're done you're a christian you didn't do anything you just accepted a free gift and it's done for you now i'm not for or against liposuction i don't even care about that that's not the point but the point is becoming a christian is just a free gift you just accept it and it's given to you You don't earn it you don't make yourself into it you accept a free gift And so, guys, here's what this means straight away. Here's what this means. If you want to be a Christian, I pray that there is no one in this room who is confused about what they need to do if they want to become a Christian. If you're confused and you want to know and you still don't get it, ask someone tonight. But I'm going to tell you this right now again. So listen up. Just put your trust in Jesus. It's as simple as going, Jesus, I'm busted up. I, I can't save myself. I'm not good enough. So please save me because you died on the cross to save me. Just tell him, put your trust in him and you're a Christian. That's all you've got to do. And so guys, that is good news. Faith isn't about being extra good and religious and blah, blah, blah and sorting yourself out. Just put your trust in Jesus. And so in Jesus, we have everything that we need for salvation, which is awesome. But that's not all. There's more that God promises us in this passage. Here's the second awesome thing that God promises us. In Jesus, we have everything that we need for life and, and, and godliness now. Here's the second promise. Check it out, verses 3 and 4. So good, verse 3. His divine power, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. That's a big promise. He promises us two things, everything we need for life and everything we need for godliness. How does that work? First of all, life. I reckon the way he's thinking about this comes out of what he's just said in the verses before. Right? Can you remember what he's just said? He's just said that I'm writing to you Christians who have a faith that is as precious as it possibly could be because it means that you have eternal life with God and a relationship with Him. And so if you have that sorted out, you literally have everything that you need for life. There might be more things that you want, but man, at a base level, 
You've got all you need if you've got a relationship with God in Jesus. There's a song by Justin Bieber. I've never actually listened to a whole Justin Bieber song, but this week, Hazy introduced me to it, and I was pleasantly surprised, all right? Uh, there you go. It was kind of cool. Um, Justin Bieber turns out he's like a grown man now. I don't know how that happened, but he's like super old. And there's a song called As Long As You Love Me. Has anyone heard this song? No. Yeah, I'm going to go there. All right, here's how the song goes. No, bear with me. Here's how the song goes. As long as you love me, we could be starving, we could be homeless, we could be broke. As long as you love me, I'll be your platinum, I'll be your silver, I'll be your gold, as long as you love me. And so basically, our little Justin Bieber has grown up, right? And he's like a man, and he's in love with this girl. And in this song, he's saying, if I have the love of this girl, I don't care about the rest. I could be a a homeless hobo on the street with nothing, but if I have your love, that's all I need, as long as you love me. Now... I don't know if you've ever thought that way about a girl or a guy before. Bravo if you have. But that's not what this passage is talking about. But Peter is saying here, as long as you have Jesus, you have all that you need. And the rest doesn't actually matter that much. Now, guys, this is huge. You've got to get your heads around this. If if you're a Christian, if your trust is in Jesus, you really do have all that you need. There might be stuff that will be hard and that will come your way and stuff that you don't have, but that's not stuff that you need if you've got Jesus. Jesus is enough. Because when we try and pin our happiness in life into all these other things, they always end up letting us down. And so when we say, man, if I could have this girlfriend or that boyfriend, then I would be happy. Or if I could have enough money to buy this video game or this iPod or whatever it is that you, or this computer, and you say, if I could just have this or that or this thing will make me happy, and when we pin our hopes on those things, they either don't happen or they do happen and they disappoint or they happen and eventually they get taken away from us. Nothing else other than Jesus will be enough. But if your trust is in Jesus and that is what you pin your happiness on and that is what you pin your life on, that's untouchable. No one can take your relationship with God away from you, no matter what happens. It's untouchable. And so we have all that we need for life. And what's more, not only do we have all that we need for life, we have all that we need for godliness, is the second thing he says. Now, godliness is living a life that's like God. It's being godly, being like God in the way we live, living how he's told us to and following him. And it's hard. If you're a Christian, if you've been one for a while, you'll know it's hard to be godly. And I hope there's no secrets in either youth about the fact that that's a hard thing. I hope we're not wandering around pretending as if we're all perfect and that's not hard. No, it is hard to be godly. Can a person really go through life from like when they're young, right through teenage years, all the way to being married and never have sex or never just mess around even a little bit? Can you be godly like that for that whole time? That's hard. Can you go through life as a teenager from now right through to the end, out the other side, and never be disobedient to your parents and always live how you should at home? That's ridiculously hard. Can you love the people in your life the way you should always, even when they treat you like rubbish and and, and you just want to, you feel so hurt? Can you still love people even when they do that? 
That is hard. Being godly is hard. But look at what God says in this passage. In Jesus, we have everything we need to be godly. There's nothing missing. There's nothing that we need or need to get sorted out before we can be godly. We've got what we need. What is it we've got? It's actually not that crazy complicated. It's not that complicated. It's pretty simple. We have everything we need for life and godliness through, so here's what we have, our knowledge of him who called us. Through our knowledge of him who called us, through our knowledge of God, we have everything we need to be godly. Now, what that means is, the more we get to know God, the more knowledge of him we have, and so the better we know him. We don't just know stuff about God, but the better we know God, the more God will change us to be godly. And that's all we need to be godly. I reckon, I don't know how much you guys have felt this in life, but I reckon if you're struggling with some sort of sin or some sort of hard temptation that you're facing in life, I reckon this is what we always do. This is what I do anyway. I've got something going on. I'm like, oh, I struggle to not be drunk or whatever, you know, but that's not so much me now. But anyway, right, like you got this thing and you're like, I'm just going to focus in on this and I'm going to set up an accountability part and I'm going to talk to my Christian friends at youth group and I'm going to do all these different things to sort out this sin that's in my life. And I reckon we kind of just focus in on it and just make it like our whole world. But I reckon an experiment that would be worthwhile doing as you struggle with sin in your life is this. Instead of focusing all your energy on this sin... Still pay attention to it and deal with it and do what you've got to do, but focus your energy on knowing God better. Here's an experiment. If you've got something going on in your life where you're like, I don't know how to deal with this sin in my life, do what you've got to do there, sure, pay attention to it, but spend the next at least two weeks giving yourself to every day, praying, reading God's Word, and just going hard at getting to know God. And while you're doing that, I reckon you'll be blown away by what happens to this sin problem over here, whatever it is you're trying to deal with. God will grow you through knowing Jesus better and that will deal with your sin. Not just focusing on your sin and trying to fix yourself up. Focus on knowing Jesus better. And so test out this promise in your life. It's worthwhile doing. It's it's, it's an awesome promise. Through our knowledge of Him, we have everything we need for godliness. Now guys... If you're not a Christian here tonight, there's pretty much one simple lesson I got from the Bible for you, right? It's pretty basic. Being a Christian is awesome. It's really, really good. Jesus is offering you everything you need for salvation, to be completely right with God, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus has done. Salvation. He's offering you everything you need for the rest of your life and he's offering you everything you need to be godly as you follow Jesus and so you might be like sweet free salvation trust Jesus who died for me and it's all sorted that sounds good but man I don't know if I could actually be a Christian I know what I'm really like and I look around at these Christian guys and I can't be that well actually you can because Jesus will give you everything you need to live as a Christian as well as everything you need to be saved and become a Christian He gives it all. It's all there offered to you. And all you need to do is accept the gift. And so, guys, if you're not a Christian and you you want to become one, I hope you know what you need to do. Just tell Jesus you trust in Him. Do it. Put your trust in Jesus. 
And guys, if you are a Christian, and I know that that's many of you guys here tonight, if you're a Christian, I, got, I want you guys just to remember what you have in Jesus. Be stoked about what you've got and let that shape how you live now because of what you have in Jesus. Let's pray and we'll talk about some of this stuff together later on. Uh, Father God, thank you that you are so good to us in Jesus. Thank you that you've given us everything we need for salvation, everything that we need in life, and everything we need for godliness as we follow Jesus. You are such a good God. Thank you. Amen.